I know firsthand that when you're raising a challenging, reactive or aggressive dog, that life isn't all unicorns and rainbows. But I also know that it helps to hear other people's stories. My name is Kaiser van Overbeek, and on this podcast we share stories of the force-free training journeys of amazing dogs who are just a little rough around the edges. Do you have a hard time making decisions? If so, you will definitely want to keep listening to this episode of Rough Around the Edges, which is all about decisions and more importantly, about spinning in indecision. So, welcome. And I've probably talked about this before on the podcast. I am the kind of person who can agonize about decisions. And like really for the longest time, I go back and forth and it almost like for me seems the simpler the decision about the the smaller the thing, the worse it gets. And I, I might have mentioned the example of where I was just like wanting to buy a pen and I stood in front of a rack of pens in the in a shop and I was like oh which of those 20 pens should I buy this one seems more expensive but what if it doesn't write well or what I don't know just I can make up the craziest stuff the best part I think was when I had to buy Rusty's backpack um because Rusty goes um backpacking with me quite a bit and he carries his own food well lately he hasn't because he's got back problems but he'll just carry his a water ball or a couple of snacks for the day and so he has the cutest backpack it's a ground bird gear backpack big shout out to them if you're ever in need of like a really well-fitting dog backpack you will definitely want to check them out i'll link to them in the show notes so they make custom harnesses and custom saddlebags to fit with the harness um, for your dog anyway when i went <laughs> and wanted to order Rusty's one. They offer all these custom color um, combinations that you can um, order. I don't know why I'm trying to make this sound more difficult or make this more difficult than it is. Anyway, they offer different color combinations. That's the thing. And so you can choose and they have tons of colors to choose from. I don't know if they still do, but at the time they really had a lot of colors. And this is something you don't want to do to me, right? I'm there and I'm like, (gasps) I don't know. I need it to be absolutely perfect. I need it to be right. Um, He needs to be seen. What if there's Hunter? Should I go for this blazing orange? But then does that match his fur? And will it look good on photos? Honestly, people, I can think about that. Like I choose colors for my dog's backpack based on how they will show up in my photography. It's a thing. It's what I do. And I may or may not have actually like walked over to Rusty and held like pieces of fabric or books that had a certain color that in my mind resembled the the colors that they were offering online for the backpack and just held them close to his fur and gone like, nah, this is not in his color palette. He probably needs something else. And it's just, anyway, back and forth agonizing. People were making fun of me. I actually was making fun of myself at one point. But for me, it was like, oh, this is so expensive. It's a, not a cheap backpack. It's custom made. I need to get it right from the start. Well, 
I have all kinds of stuff to say about needing to get decisions um, right, but that's for another podcast. I want to consider a different angle today, which is that there's a function to the indecision and to the spinning. The spinning is actually the brain's way of protecting you. Spinning is very safe. Because as long as you're still researching or going back and forth on your options and on all of that, you don't have to deal with any of the consequences of a decision. What you won't have to do is deal with the feelings that you might feel after you've made the decision because of what you think about the consequences of the decision. That was a mouthful. I'm going to repeat it. As long as you're in indecision, you don't have to deal with feeling any possible negative feelings that you associate with the outcome of the decision. Which, in the case of the Rusty and his backpack, could be feelings associated um, with the thought of, oh, now I've wasted money on something that's actually hideous or that doesn't look right on something that was okay let's throw it in there anyway even though i said it was going to be a different podcast that money that i've spent on buying the wrong thing i've bought the wrong thing or it could be something as simple as oh now rusty won't look as pretty in his pictures as he could have if i bought the other thing or uh, you know like as a photographer it'd probably be something like i'm gonna have to spend hours color correcting all the pictures Something like that. The feelings that go with those thoughts are the ones that I don't have to feel or don't have to worry about feeling as long as I'm spinning an indecision. So really, it's our brain just trying to help us out by preventing heartache, by keeping us from feeling bad after. There's just one thing that it's not taking into account and that maybe you're not taking into account. How you feel after is based on how you think about the decision and how you think about the consequences. And that's something you get to decide. You get to decide how you want to think about the outcome. It's not like you're at the mercy of your thoughts. You actually have a say in it. You have control over what you think. So what if you just decided ahead of time that no matter what the outcome is, you did okay, you did all right, it's fine. And then you may say, yeah, Kaisa, that's simple when it comes to choosing a backpack color or selecting that pen out of the 20 that you saw in front of you in the store. But what I'm dealing with is bigger. It's behavior modification. It involves the well-being of the dog. It involves the safety of other humans. It might be about rehoming or other things. And I want to stop you right there and first off say, consider when you think this is a big decision, how do you feel? You're probably putting more pressure on it. You know, big decision already says that. But in the end, any decision 
you take it in a split second. Like there's no difference between how you take a big decision or a small decision. You just make or take the decision. And you do it and then it's over. It's done. So thinking of it as a big decision, it's just not helpful. And besides the only thing that your brain is going to do or is going to come up with is all the reasons why it's a really big decision. So it's just gonna keep you spinning. It's gonna just give you, it's a big decision because of this. It's a big decision because these could be the consequences. It's a big decision because of so-and-so with no result. Like there's no outcome. You'll just stay in the, but it's a big decision. Let me spin some more. It's big. It's a really big decision. So thinking of it as a big decision is just not helpful. The way out of that, I say, is always to consider that actually you know already what you want to do. You know the decision that you want to make. And all the objections that your brain is going to come up with, all the yes, buts, that's just stuff you're going to have to work through once you've made the decision. It's just stuff that you're going to have to deal with. And it doesn't matter like whether you choose option A or option B, like whichever way you go, no matter how small or big the decision, each decision is going to bring with it its own discomfort. So if we're talking rehoming of the dog, then if you decide on the rehoming, then that might bring with it the discomfort of having to feel loss and grief and working on all the stuff on self-image that comes up. Like, what does it mean to be a person who gives up a dog? And keeping your dog is going to bring its own kind of discomfort, a different kind. It might mean that you're going to have less time for hobbies, um, that there's going to be more training involved, that you're going to have to figure out ways to come up with money to afford the training or to afford medical treatment that you're going to have to work through all the discomfort it comes with you know feeling like you're trapped or that there's less freedom or it means working through training setbacks like there will be something else it's just a different kind of discomfort but it is also discomfort and that's just what your brain's trying to protect you from And in the meantime, you're also uncomfortable because you're spinning all the time. And really, the thing is, like deep down, you really, really know. You know what you want to do. And so the one question that I always like to ask is, what if I would be equally happy either way? No matter what I choose, I know I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be as happy with choice A as I will be with choice B. What would I choose then? And then you know, and then you have your answer, and you know it's going to bring up discomfort, but that is something that you can work through. It was a short one today, but that's what I have for you. Hope you like it. Like 
I mentioned in the episode, some decisions are just going to stir up things that you're going to want to work through. Is it that you have to readjust how you see yourself, for example? And that's where it can be really, really helpful to have that third party hold up a mirror to you. And you know, you know it by now. That's what I do in coaching. So if you're on the fence, just DM me, send me an email, chat with me and see if coaching is for you. And remember also, if you just love listening to the podcast and you think it's a cool thing, I want more people to know about this because it's helped me then just hit the five stars in the reviews, either on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, Podkite, wherever it is that you're listening to this episode, to this podcast on, because it's going to help us move up in the ratings. And that helps us be found more easily so that we can help more people. Till next time.